This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style 
A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. Today's topic is one that, Jesse, I feel like we need this message more than ever right now in our world. We're going to talk about how to love someone you disagree with. And we're going to be preaching to ourselves because we've got a lot of people around us who see things in the world and what's going on politically, what is going on just everywhere. <laughs> There's so many things that can be divisive and controversial. And we know many people who we walk with closely who have very different opinions on things. And so we want to talk about that, what we're learning and what is helping us and also just reminders for us, but hopefully as we talk about it, it will also encourage you all. Jesse, we just had something really yummy that you made this morning that you said it's actually saving your life today. Yeah, it's food related. So it's literally saving my life. So as some of you know, if you listen to the podcast from last week, uh, Silas and I went on a duck hunting trip about a week and a half ago or so now, but we uh, used some of the duck that we brought home and I made some uh, roast for one, uh, roasted the breast, but also made some duck poppers for lunch today. So I was actually surprised. People really liked it. I am trying to think if I've ever eaten duck before. I feel like maybe I have, but I can't remember when. I think I'd had it once before at a dinner that we went to, and I ate maybe a tenth of it, <laughs> literally. What yeah. I'm trying to still figure out is, so you know you don't like duck, but you go duck hunting? Can you help me? No, no, no. I didn't know that I didn't like duck, because actually those the uh, roasts that I made turned out really well, and I was actually pretty impressed with it. I think it was how... The duck at that one particular restaurant that we went to, how they prepared it, it wasn't very good at all. Okay. Um, the poppers, I actually, I wasn't a fan of the duck roast. I am, it just tastes a little too, duck meat just tastes gamey. It's dark. Mm -hmm. Tasted gamey to me. I mean, I shouldn't act like I'm an expert on it because like I said, I can't remember ever eating it before, but the poppers were really yummy. You want to tell us about yeah, that? Yeah, I just diced the meat up into, to cut the meat up into little um, bite-sized pieces and Put it with uh, cream cheese and actually I purchased some mini sweet peppers. So they weren't like the big bell peppers. They were, they almost look like little jalapenos, but uh, they're sweet. So I cut those up, halved those and uh, took the seeds out and then wrapped them in bacon. And so made about 16 of them, I think is what we did. 
put some pickled jalapenos in some of them because they actually were supposed to be made with, with fresh jalapeno peppers. And some of us don't like hot foods. Some of us do. So I made a little arrangement that, uh, that we could figure out which ones had the jalapenos in it and which did it. The cream cheese actually really muted out the jalapenos. So it was the, even those weren't very spicy at all. I probably would have begged to differ on that. Did you um, try them? No, because I know good and well, I don't try anything that has jalapenos in it. Although I'm the one who went to India twice and mm-hmm. ate all sorts of really spicy Indian food, but um, it's not. I, I don't like spicy food. And you guys will be like, oh, this is not mm-hmm. spicy. This is mild. And then I will start sweating and my mouth will just be on fire. So I've learned to not take your um, assessment of a, mm-hmm. uh, whether something is spicy or not mm-hmm. into like as it, as how it will be for me. I what? don't know. Are different people, do different people's palates actually you know, does it taste differently or does it know. taste more spicy but to I someone had, other than another? I had eaten one of the jalapenos just by itself because I wanted to see, okay, are these really hot? Because I've had some sliced jalapenos in the, in the jar that were said they were hot. They weren't hot at all. So I ate these and it was pretty hot. And so when I put them with the cream cheese and, and after I had cooked them as well, they were hardly spicy. You know, that phrase, I just tried one of the jalapenos out of the jar to see if they were hot. That's not, that's not something that I think would ever be, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to try and test it. No. Probably have to admit me to the ER or something. Well, what's saving my life? I was going to say another food related thing. Apparently we're into food. I actually have two things again. I couldn't narrow it down to one. And that is, I've been eating a whole lot of granola and Greek yogurt. I thought you were going to say chocolate. Well, that too, but that's always a given. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I got some granola that was marked down at the store and both weeks, the last two weeks I've gone, I've gotten some that was marked down to 97 cents a bag and 97 cents a box. And then I found Greek yogurt that was marked down and it's this honey Greek yogurt. And just the combination together has been so good. It reminds me of growing up. We did this a lot, although we would have homemade granola and plain yogurt, which I love homemade granola, but plain yogurt isn't quite as good as Greek honey yogurt. I would agree with that. I love how we're disagreeing and agreeing. We're just kind of like practicing what Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about in a little while. And then my second thing is I made a commitment that, Jesse, I don't even know if I've told you about this. I made a commitment at the beginning of this year. Maybe you've noticed that I am going to try. You're shaking your head. You don't even know what I'm going to (laughs) say. You're like, no, I didn't notice. I'm going to try to wear real pajamas or pajamas, however you want to, or PJs, to bed every single night. You're right. I haven't known. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't think you did. Because I realized, so I've been doing this whole house clean out, and I cleaned out my dresser drawers, and in the process found multiple pajama sets that you had purchased for mm-hmm. me that when I was pregnant, I couldn't wear because obviously I outgrew them. And so they they got stuffed down to the bottom of one of my dresser drawers. So as I was going through, I was like, I have all these nice, they're pajamagram mm-hmm. sets. And I'm like, I should be wearing these. So I just made that commitment. And I think I've 
every single night done that because what I started to say is that I had gotten into the habit of wearing usually some gym shorts and an old t-shirt or an old t-shirt and some kind of stretchy pants. And that was what I wore to bed. And there's something about putting on real PJs for me that just makes me feel like I'm really spoiling myself. And also it kind of does something for my brain of like Hmm. taking care of you. It's time to slow down relax and just rest. It's like it you're switching out from mm-hmm. go, go, go. You know, like I have my clothes on for the day and I've got my to-do list to do. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. put on the PJs. It's almost it's like the reverse of your morning routine. How when you get ready in the early morning, get dressed and, and you're like, it's go time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the reverse. It's this is go time, but it's go time go to, to wind down. Yeah. So that's something that I've been doing. And I just find that it's just a simple, simple little thing, but it makes a big difference. It's this, like you were saying, I think for me, I noticed a big difference, taking a shower, getting dressed, doing my hair and makeup, just spending a little bit of time to do that every morning gives me so much more energy and zest for life for the day. And I feel like I'm so much more productive. Same thing in the reverse for wearing real PJs. Also, I wanted to let you all know that we talked about habits last week, and I actually ended up doing a post on my habit tracker. And so if you are interested in seeing pictures of my habit tracker, I will link that post in the show notes. And Jesse, when I showed this online, I have to tell you that you are right. According to, no, not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you're right. According to some of my Instagram followers, actually most of my Instagram followers, you were right because people said that it was a spreadsheet, not Thank you. a checklist. But I disagree. I, I still validated. disagree. No. Because it doesn't have all of the different mathematical manipulation things that you can do. That, you're just used to that being the spreadsheet. That doesn't define what a spreadsheet is. See, this is where we're going to get into the whole discussion about how to have a conversation with somebody you disagree with. You got to get down to the root of what their opinion is based on. And, and uh, to be true, honest, and, and this isn't how we're going to address this, but your opinion's flawed. <laughs> oh, that's the best way to go about it. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that yeah. you're wrong. You're wrong. It's, it's how to love someone you disagree with. You're wrong. I'm right. Simple. Okay. We yep. solved it. But no anyway, need to listen to the podcast anymore. I thought it was fascinating though, because I shared about my habit tracker and I was excited to share this. And obviously the concept, a lot of people wrote in and they said, you know, that was super helpful. They're going to start doing it. But probably 80 to 90%, maybe even more of the responses, and there were a lot of responses, were explaining to me the reason why that was actually a spreadsheet. So I thought it was interesting that Mm. you brought that up last week, and then maybe I'm a closet nerd, and I didn't know it. No, I'm not. No, you're not closet. (laughs) I'm not a nerd. (laughs) But I had a sweet friend who actually redid it for me and made this beautiful beautiful PDF Mm -hmm. with checkboxes to show that it was actually a checklist, not a spreadsheet. I read a book this past week. Wow. Let's see what it 
Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Sorry about that. I thought that was going to be the clapping one, but that'll work. Actually, (laughs) you started. I listened to a book. I started reading it, and then I found that it was on Libby. And it was called We Were the Lucky Ones. And so many of my followers had told me I needed to read this book. It's by Georgia Hunter, and it is the story of a Jewish family that many of them survived during World War II, but they were spread out all over in multiple different countries, had multiple different experiences, and ended up almost all of them survived, and they came back together then at the end of the war. And so it's the story from a lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it's written by, I believe she was the granddaughter of one of the main characters of the story. And, and it's based from what I can tell pretty closely on the actual facts of what happened. Mm. And it's just, it's fascinating. It's so sad, I think, but it's also inspiring to see how creative they were, how um, much they had such a will to live Mm -hmm. in a very difficult season, a very difficult time. And, that was really inspiring to me. And then I think the other thing for me, I love books that help you to walk in someone else's shoes and feel more what it would have been like to experience that. And two of the couples that were part of this family had young children. One of them had a baby during the war. They were actually in, I, I believe, a concentration camp. It was not, it was more like a work camp. But they were in that work camp and they had a baby and the baby survived. And then the other one, the husband and wife were separated when he went off um, and she, they both ended up surviving, but they didn't see each other for years and years, had no idea that, you know, they were both still alive. And so their little daughter had stayed with the mom and she was a baby. And then um, just listening to and thinking about what it would be like to survive such a horrific time Mm -hmm. with a young child and what it must have been like as a parent to go through that. I think it just gave me fresh compassion and empathy and just, and it was eye opening for me to listen to that book. So again, Mm -hmm. that was, we were the lucky ones by Georgia Hunter. I also want to mention that I did a post this past week also on the 52 books I plan to read in 2021. And so if you are interested in some of the books that I'm planning to read, obviously the, I haven't read them. So them being on this list is not my endorsement, but um, I do have them on my shelf and I've looked through them enough to feel like it's one that I would like to read. So we will link to that in the show notes as well. And as a total aside, Jesse, I'm listening to this other book that I'll probably talk about in a later episode, but do you know that two times already in this book, the author has used the word confluence? Wow. Yeah. So two times. Yeah. So I said they're, nobody ever they're, uses they're, it. They're pretty, pretty and, erudite. And erudite? What is, oh no. What does that mean? Smart. You were just sitting over there trying to come up with some <laughs> sort of response to that. I don't even know how I, I've never heard the word erudite. 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 No, no. Erudite. How do you pronounce it? I mean, not pronounce it. How do you spell it? <laughs> How do you spell it? I think it's uh, E-R-U-D-I-T-E. 
Okay. I've seen that word. I've never used that word and never known that that's how you pronounce it. It rhymes with Yosemite. Don't even go there. Now I have to tell them that story. I was homeschooled. I read things instead of hearing them said and thought that Yosemite was pronounced Yosemite. Did not find out that it was pronounced Yosemite until I was with adult friends as an adult and we were driving and trying to find a location and we passed the street Yosemite and for some reason it was on the map and it was where we needed to go and I I point and I was like right there guys right there it said Yosemite and they literally <laughs> stopped the car and said excuse me Crystal what did you just say I said Yosemite Right there, there's the road. And I was like, what did I say? What? What's... And they looked and they said, Yosemite. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. You were loved. Do you have a book that you've been reading? Yes, I've been reading a book called SOG, S-O-G, uh, The Secret Wars of America's Commandos in Vietnam. And uh, it's fascinating book right now. Um, my brother got it for me for Christmas, so I'm it, it's slogging through it, no pun intended, but it's about some uh, special forces in Vietnam that at the time were secret commandos and were not supposed to be known what they were doing and where they were at. And uh, right now it's at the beginning of their missions right now. So as they've been um, stood up and come together and start wreaking havoc. And you're actually reading that book instead of I'm actually reading it. it. Yep. So. That's one of the reasons why it's slow going. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how to love someone you disagree with. And this episode was inspired by, well, the events in our world right now, but also someone had asked me when I didn't ask me anything on Instagram recently. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. If you're not following me there, I'd love for you to follow me. But I did an ask me anything and someone wrote in and they said, let me get the question here. I'll pull it up. They said, how do you handle friendships and disrespect in this political turmoil and pandemic? And, you know, I have been on the internet blogging for since the end of 2004 was when I started actually putting words out on the internet. Mm -hmm. That was before even blogs. It was live journal. I mean, I think it was before that. But And I have never in my all those years experienced what we've experienced in this last year, as far as the volatile and severe tension that is on the internet mm -hmm. and where it feels like so many people are on edge and no matter what you do or don't do, what you say or don't say, you're going to really offend and upset someone. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with there's a lot of fear right now. People are afraid of COVID. They're afraid of giving COVID to someone that is immunocompromised in their family. 
People are afraid of their rights being taken away. People are afraid of politically what's going on. And I think that fear is an emotion that can cause us to feel so on edge or reactionary. Mm -hmm. And I try to remember this when I get someone writing in and just being really upset about something I did or didn't do, said, or didn't say. But I feel like it's not just the internet that is on edge. All around, I think of so many conversations that I've been a part of in the last few weeks with, you know, everything that has gone down, people are feeling on edge. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's causing people to be, to have a heightened sense of, or heightened sensitivity to things that maybe they didn't have before. And because of that, I feel like it's so much easier for people to kind of lash out or get very, have very strong feelings and opinions about things that maybe before wouldn't have mattered as much. I think add on top of that, social media. And the fact that social media interactions are very limited as far as time and space. And most people do not engage in lengthy conversation online. It's little pot shots here and there. You're giving very conclusory opinions and not diving deep as a discussion would. And because of that, you're all you're doing is is addressing conclusions, conclusions, conclusions. And so one person gives their opinion in a conclusion form. Another person then gives their opinion in a conclusion form. And you never get to the basis of what that conclusion or opinion is based on. And there's no open dialogue. And I think we are a culture of sound bites. Mm-hmm. And everyone writes these little squares And you're trying to kind of pack a punch in Mm -hmm. that little square, that little social media share or reshare or post that you write. And one of the things that I've really been challenging myself to do is to think before I repost and think before I post. How is this going to be received? Why am I posting this? It's so easy to want to kind of find the person that agrees with us and has a really good argument for why what we believe and they believe is the right thing and then feel like we want to put that out on the internet. And I'm not saying that that's always wrong, but to really check yourself. I know there was something the other day that you wanted to share and you were trying to, you were getting ready to share it and you were writing a little blurb to go with it on Facebook. And then you were grappling with that Mm -hmm. and just really asking yourself why, like what is my why for putting this out there? Mm -hmm. And, and how will it be received? What's the, I know what was going through my head or okay, what are the arguments against what I'm saying and how will that be? How will it be picked apart? And am I willing to spend time talking about that? Is it worth my time ongoing to invest in this conversation? And I think that so often we lose so much online by not having the face-to-face conversations. 
And I think friendships have been lost in the last year because of things that have been posted on the internet. And because maybe that person would never say that thing in that way if they were in a conversation with you, Mm -hmm. but they reposted it. And then maybe you got hurt or upset because of that. And you never sat down and had a conversation. And so how to love someone you disagree with. I think, you know, this is both online and offline. What we're going to share is more in the context of offline, but some of this can be applied to online as well. First off, lean in. Brene Brown talks about moving closer to that person that you disagree with. It's hard to have a fight or a really heated argument when you're moving closer to someone in the way of like, I care about you. I really want to hear what you have to say. I really want to understand. You're important to me. When we communicate that with our body language, it goes a long way to diffusing the tension. Mm -hmm. Especially when you communicate that you really do want to hear what they have to say. And not that you're just saying that for saying it's sake. Well, and secondly, that goes right along with it. Listen with a heart to understand. It's so easy, and I have done it so many times, where we're asking questions only because we have an agenda in mind. We want to open someone's eyes up to where they are wrong. We want to show them how, you know, what they believe is going to you know, how it's incorrect. And so we're going to ask them probing questions to get them to see that. And again, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking good questions, but if our goal, if our why is to just prove them wrong, Mm -hmm. we're coming at it from, I feel that's not a loving reason for having that conversation. It's really kind of a selfish reason because you want to be right and you want to prove yourself right. And I'm saying this because Mm -hmm. this is me. Like this can totally be how I will approach things. It it turns a dialogue with two people Mm -hmm. into a two-person monologue. Really when when you approach a, a question like that with underlying ulterior motives because you want to lead them to a a conclusion or a result. You basically, it's no longer a two-sided conversation. It's a one-sided conversation going one particular direction. It just happens to have two people involved in it. Well, I was thinking it turns a dialogue into a debate and it also puts the person that you're kind of questioning, they can feel like they're being interrogated Mm -hmm. and they become all defensive. Mm -hmm. And so lean in. Listen with a heart to understand. I always try to think of what is it like to walk in their shoes? I really want to understand why they have the beliefs they do, why they have the opinions that they do, why they're coming at it from that perspective. And I think when you can get to the heart of that, it helps you be much more understanding. Not again, you're you're probably not going to agree, but it's going to give you more empathy and understanding. And that's going to help you be able to love them better. And I heard the saying that don't argue with somebody unless you've walked a mile in their shoes. 
And the other reason why you want to have that is that by the time that you finished walking in their shoes, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. I knew this was going somewhere because I see your face and you cannot keep a straight face. You take you take their shoes and go a mile away. Yeah. Real, real good advice for giving here. Okay. Steal their shoes and get away from them. Third, I one of the things that I see happening a lot is sweeping generalizations. Mm-hmm. And here all the time. I just, you know, I can't. Are you making a sweeping generalization? Yes. <laughs> Everyone on the internet is making sweeping Always. generalizations all the time. No. But I have read so many things of, I can't believe anyone mm-hmm. would believe X, Y, Z. That's just ridiculous. I've been in conversations in the last year where that type of stuff has been said. And what they're saying is actually what I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'm like, well, I don't know what to say here. This, this, and it makes me feel shame. Exactly. And it's okay to state your opinion to, you know, it's, I'm not saying you need to just, you know, never talk and never take a stand, but don't name call or shame someone Mm -hmm. for their position. And so how can we change that narrative to be, you know, some people in this particular party believe this and I disagree with that. And here's why. Instead of all people who, you know, believe this or who are in this political party are, you know, these terrible, awful, horrible people. Let's not make sweeping generalizations. And I think also if we can separate the belief or the perspective from the person, that way we're not belittling a person. We can just talk about maybe how we disagree with a belief. Mm -hmm. And then finally, care about the person more then you care about their opinion. Now, do care about their opinion. Like we talked about, lean in, listen with the heart to understand. But at the end of the day, people are so much more important than politics. Relationships are so much more important than what someone's perspective or opinion is. And especially if it's someone that, you know, you are related to, Mm -hmm. you work with, you live next to, people who you go to church with, it's not worth ruining a friendship just because you want to be right. And so care about the person more than you care about their opinion. Lean in, listen with a heart to understand, Don't make sweeping generalizations and care about people more than you care about their opinions. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 